Well, good morning again. It's good to have you here this morning. It's, uh, the chill is coming. Uh, it's going to get colder this week, but um, thankfully we can come together and uh, have a time that is warm physically and spiritually together, I hope. Uh, well, I just want to let you know that we, uh, it looks like we are going to survive. We made it. Um, this is uh, the last week. Pastor Paul and Deborah will be back next Sunday. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, we're so thankful for the opportunities uh, that they've had. I know that they're thankful. Uh, but at the same time, I know that they're anxious to be back with you and uh, to be back in worship together again. And so um, he'll officially be back. Uh, first, first day officially back will be next Sunday. Um, but he will then uh, be taking some time to bring the word and teach again two weeks from this Sunday. So Dave Boyer will be preaching next week, and I'm looking forward to that, appreciative uh, for him being able to jump in and fill in uh, while I was at the retreat and next week. Um, but Pastor Paul then will be back in two weeks. And so we praise the Lord for uh, the opportunity that they've had, uh, but we praise the Lord even more that they're going to be back. <laughs> Amen. And uh, thankful for that. So, well, I have really enjoyed uh, my uh, just a little bit extended time with you over these last couple of months. You know, it's kind of funny when you think back and reflect, you know, in the beginning of September, we uh, talked about like, hey, we want to go through the book of Romans uh, and or the chapter 12 of Romans uh, over the next couple of months. And that probably freaked some people out a little bit, but we made it and uh, we are in the final uh, time together. And I, I just hope and trust um, that this time has been uh, good as it relates to just how the Lord is using it in your lives. And so this morning, I just want to wrap this up with us to, uh, this morning. It's going to be a little bit of a different type of, uh, of morning together, not, not necessarily a traditional teaching time. Um, but I want us to just continue to think through this idea of true spirituality and navigating uh, what that looks like. What does it mean to grow spiritually in our walk with Christ? And, you know, I think, like we've talked about this whole time, that many times it's very easy for us to structure it in the formalities, in the rituals, in the week-to-week things. It's the attendance. It's the programming. It's the ministries that we're involved with. Uh, it is the checkbox list of things that we oftentimes want to point to when we're evaluating our spiritual growth and and yeah, I think what we've uncovered in Romans chapter 12 is ta- Paul teaches through this that really the measure of our spiritual growth, the way that we accurately evaluate our spiritual growth is through our relationships. And it's the relationships that become the measure. And, and we know this, right? This isn't really profound that when we're out and we're talking with the world, right? People in the world, neighbors and friends, but maybe don't know Christ. Um, you know, they're less interested in all the things that we say we do and more interested in how we're relating to them. Isn't that true? They're interested in who we are as people. And, and that's really what God wants to do is he wants to transform our lives so that it transforms our relationships. And so we want to continue looking at that. And so if you have your Bibles, you can flip over uh, to Romans chapter 15, actually. Um, but I'm going to sort of wrap this up a little bit, and we'll look at some different verses. Um, but I, I want to just share with you um, the, the purpose of why God transforms our relationships. 
Why is it that God chooses to, to do a work of transformation in relationships? Like, have you ever thought about that? Why isn't it just attendance? Why isn't it just checking off certain boxes and then God says, okay, good, you're in? Like, why isn't it that? Why is it relationships? And uh, as we just get into that, let me kind of review for us the relationships that Paul has already uh, taught with us. And so we've, we've looked at five different relationships. Uh, oh, sorry. So we're, we're gonna, this is, I'm just kind of titling this a celebration service. And we want to look at, uh, again, the purpose of these relationships. So there are five different relationships, right? We have our relationship to the Heavenly Father, and we're called to surrender, right? That we want to give God what He wants most. What does God want most from you and I? Surrender, to surrender our entire lives to Him. Uh, Our relationship with the world or the world system, and God calls us to separate ourselves from the world system, Uh, that in order to get the very best from God, it requires that we surrender to Him and separate from the things of the world. And then our relationship with ourselves, right? That we need to have a sober self-assessment. That we have to be thoughtful about how we think about ourselves. We don't want to think too highly and we don't want to think too lowly about ourselves. Um, And we have to come to grips with who we are in Christ. And then we looked at the relationship with believers. And uh, this call to experience authentic community by serving one another in love. Uh, It's an attitude, it's a mindset, it is a relationship that exists. We don't just get together to do things, but we get together to do things so that we can build relationship with one another. And then last week we looked at the relationship that we have with those who have hurt us. And that God empowers us to have a supernatural response. And that we are able to overcome the evil that is aimed at us. And he positions us, right, in Christ in a position of forgiveness and brings that about through the process of confession and repentance. And so uh, we're so thankful for these different relationships. And in these relationships, then, we are able to determine or measure, how am I doing? How am I doing spiritually? And so that's a question for each one of us. How are you doing spiritually? How are you growing in your walk with Christ? And the way to sort of think that through is, how are you doing in terms of these relationships? Well, Paul really continues this on in chapter 13. If you kind of look in your Bible and just kind of look at some of the headings there, uh, you'll see that he actually continues on in the relationship of talking about submitting to authority and how that is important. It kind of is an overflow. If we're serving others in love and we're overcoming the evil that is aimed at us, then it allows us to submit to the authority in our lives in a way that's honoring to God. And he talks about how we are called to fulfill the law in love, that that it is the power of God's love that allows us to fulfill the law, that is to love our neighbor as ourself. And so it's the power of God that fulfills the ability for us to engage in relationships in a way that will bring not just the transformation in our own lives, that will then ultimately bring transformation into the lives of other people. In Romans chapter 13, verse 14, it says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And I think that this is kind of a nice summary verse when you stop and think about it, that we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And we think about what does that mean to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? In Ephesians 6, it talks about how we are called to put on the armor of God, right? And really what we're talking about with the armor of God is we are putting on Jesus Christ, that we are living out relationally the way that Jesus relates to us and that he is the model, that he is the example, and that when we put Christ on, then we make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. All the things that we tend to cling to in our relationships that orient around what we want and what we desire disappear because we put on Christ. And then Paul understands something I think that's very important and significant for us. He knows that that is going to be hard, right? You've heard the expression, much easier said than done. I don't know about you, but I feel like that is Romans chapter 12, isn't it? It's much easier said than done. And I don't know about you, but I fail constantly in all of these relationships all the time. Now, maybe you don't have that problem, and and you should be the one up here. Um, But I'm not up here because I've solved these issues. I'm up here because I'm acknowledging that these are real struggles, These are difficult things to navigate through. In fact, in a lot of ways, uh, this whole series for me has just been an opportunity for me to share with you some of my own struggles and difficulties that I have endured in my own pursuit of spiritual growth. And it's hard, but it's necessary to realign our thinking. And in Romans chapter 14, I think Paul addresses that because he gives us two helpful ideas. One, we need to be careful about not passing judgment on others. Why? Because I struggle with these things just as much as the next person. And so it's not my place or my position to pass judgment, right? To to be pointing my finger at other people who struggle in different areas of these relationships, but to acknowledge that I am called to love them out of grace because that is the golden rule. This is how I desire to be treated by others as well. And so we don't want to pass judgment. And then he gives us another sort of instruction as well. Not only don't pass judgment, but don't be a stumbling block, right? Don't encourage and cause these things to happen. In other words, we, we know that we all struggle in these different areas. And so we know in our relationships, there's times and ways that we can push people's buttons and that we can bring things about. We can stir things up, right? We can stir the pot and cause drama and create conflict. And in, instead, we are called to live in harmony with one another, to be at peace with one another. And, and, and so it's this idea, right? This, we don't want to be judgmental towards others, be judging others, because we're in the same boat. And we want to be thoughtful and exercise love and grace for the good and the sake of the other person. That means that there are times that I need to give up what is my right for the good of others. It means that sometimes I need to make sacrifices, not because it's required of me, but because I know that it is for the good and the benefit of my brother and sister in Christ. And so Paul gives us these relational, helpful tools for us to think through. But then he gets into the purpose. And that's really where I want to focus our time this morning. The purpose of these relationships and the transformation that God desires. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, I just want to focus in on the first seven verses of chapter 15 in Romans. And this is what it says. It says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Isn't that interesting? So again, he's coming right off of chapter 14. He's talking about not being a stumbling block. 
And he says, we have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. We have an obligation to be considerate and love others more than ourselves and not to please ourselves. And then verse 2, he says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. That our goal should be to please our neighbor to be able to build them up. You know, and think about that. In our relationships, are we seeking to please our neighbor and build them up? When we're out driving on the road, are we seeking to please our neighbor and build them up? (laughs) When we're standing in a long line and somebody cuts in front of us, are we seeking to please our neighbor and to build them up? Probably not a lot of times, right? There's a lot of different situations in our homes and in our marriages and in our parenting. Are we seeking to please the other person and build them up? Or are we trying to criticize and tear them down? And Paul says, we need to please our neighbor for his good and to build him up. Why? Verse 3, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So why? Because Christ did it for us. Because Christ has done it for you. That he has sought your good and he has been willing to sacrifice for your benefit. And so we also are called to do likewise. And I think it's interesting here in verse 4 that the way that we do this, right? How do we focus on the example of Christ? How do we make sure that Christ is at the center of our goal and our, our, our drive towards spirituality? Well, it's through endurance and through the encouragement of scriptures that we might have hope. How do we have hope in relationships? When I am constantly failing, when I am constantly letting people down, when I am constantly letting God down in my relationships, how do I find hope? Well, I find hope through endurance and encouragement to press on the perseverance of faith, right? And to be encouraged in the word of God, to be washed over in his word. Now, how do we do that, right? How do we find endurance and encouragement? Well, verse five tells us who endurance and encouragement comes from. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may be one voice with one voice glorify God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God do you see this that we are called when we fail if we want to have hope that means that we need to be about endurance and encouragement right through endurance and through encouragement how do we have endurance and encouragement Through the God of endurance and through the God of endurance, through his word, through the fellowship of his spirit, then we are able to, as a result, live in harmony with one another. Does this make sense? So we don't do relationships well, but we looked to Christ and through Christ we find endurance and encouragement and through encouragement we are in one accord with Christ Jesus so that, what? So that we will, with one voice, glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the glory of God. The purpose is for the glory of God. The relationships are going to be broken. They're going to be hard. They're going to be messy. 
But God purposes that so that we will turn to him for endurance and encouragement, so that we will be in one accord with Jesus Christ, so that we as a body of Christ would lift up our voice and give him glory. I don't know, but that's awesome. That's awesome that God is glorified in our relationships and not just when things are going well. But God is glorified even in the brokenness of our relationships. What he calls for from us, what he's asking for, is our worship, our blessing of his name. Psalm 103 verses 1 through 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your fire from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. See, what does it look like to glorify God? It means to bless his name. It means to not forget about his benefits, to remember his forgiveness, to remember his healing, to remember his provision in our lives, to remember and be satisfied. See, when we remember the goodness of God for his glory, then we are satisfied. And that's ultimately what we want in relationship, right? We want satisfaction. And so this morning, what I would encourage us with is this idea that giving God glory is about sharing. It's about telling and exhibiting by the way that we live that God is really real. Isn't that it? That the glory of God is about the things that we say and the things that we do, telling the people around us, telling the world around us that God is real. That he is at work, that his power is real, and his transformation is real. It's the glory of God. Glory in Hebrew means weight. It literally means weight. When the weight or the emphasis begins to shift onto people or it shifts onto an organization instead of God, then glory is inappropriately displaced and God's blessing is no longer received. Because glory and blessing go hand in hand. What we have to remember, though, is that glory is found even in adversity. And so what that means is that then there is blessing even in adversity. Psalm 115 verse 1 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. See, it's not about us. Think about this. When relationships start to break, what is it? It's because I become inward focused. I become about me and what I want and what I think is going to work best. And the psalmist in 115 says, it's not about us. It's not us, O Lord, but your name to give the glory. A lot of times, it's me trying to achieve my own glory. We might not say it that way, but that's what it is. Pastor and author Joe Stoll said it this way. He said, God's glory is the manifest expression of all that he is in all his praiseworthy, unsurpassed, stunning perfection. We give him glory when we manifest him in our lives. We make the invisible God visible when we show off his grace, his love, his holiness, his justice, and his compassion. And that's, that's what it is, right? That we glorify God by showing him off, 
by showing off his love, his grace, his mercy, by making his name famous, by drawing attention to who he is. That's how we glorify God. Well, we do that, of course, because God covets his own glory. God desires it. Isaiah 48, 10 and 11 says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. Did you notice in this verse that he says, I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. God allows adversity to happen in our lives. Why? For his name's sake. We say this all the time, that God allows things to happen in our lives so that he can be glorified. And sometimes when you're going through stuff and somebody says that to you, you just want to smack them, right? (laughs) But it's the reality, right, that the adversity allows the glory of God to be spread. Psalm 145, 1 through 7 says this, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. And this is the model of glory, right? Here it is. Every day I will bless you, And praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another. And shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty. And on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds. And I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth your fame of your abundant goodness. And shall sing aloud of your righteousness. And so that's what God calls us to do, to give him praise, to declare his mighty acts, to put on display his wondrous works, to declare his righteousness, to pour forth his fame. See, as you and I give God glory, it will enlarge our view of who God is. And the greater our understanding of who God is in our own lives, the more empowered we become to commit and to depend and to live for him. And so hear this. A lot of us are trying so hard to commit and depend and live to him. And we are just trying harder and harder. And we're trying to do more. And we're trying to do better. And we're just trying to fill up our lives so that somehow we can measure up. And we've missed it. We've missed it. Because when we glorify him, when we speak his name and we praise him for his wondrous works and his mighty acts, then he's glorified. And then we are equipped and empowered to commit and to depend and to trust and to live in him. Some of us are trying so hard in our own strength and our own power to trust God. And all he's saying is just look to me. And to say, to speak the things that I am doing in your life. And you will find power. And you will find glory. Glory is what God deserves. Glory is what God demands. And glory is what God desires. And so this morning we have this question of what is God asking of you and me? He's not asking you to try harder. He's not asking you to be better. He's not asking you to do more. He's asking for you to glorify his name, to acknowledge him, to acknowledge his work, to acknowledge his wondrous fame that is in our lives. 
Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 is a well-known passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and make your path, he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment for your bones. A lot of us probably can recite that verse even. Some of us, it's a life verse. But I wonder if we ever stop and kind of pay attention to what it says here. Right? Because he says we must trust the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. But then he says, here's how. Not by being better, not by trying harder, not by attending all the right things and signing up for all the right things. But here's how. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Acknowledge him. Christ simply wants our acknowledgement in his life. An acknowledgement of who he is. And I'm not talking about a superficial like, oh, he's there. But to acknowledge who he is. To acknowledge the work that he is doing. To acknowledge his presence and power in our lives. Because that's where the fortification of our faith will come from. And so God calls us to voice these things. To declare his acts. And so this is what I want to do. I, I, I just want to sort of, that's, that's basically my message. I, I, I want to just take a second to stop and to pause. And, and here's the thing is that we are, are sometimes very good at listening to things. Um, and then sometimes taking those next steps and putting things into practice can be hard for all of us, or at least for me. And so what I want to do is I want to just open it up for a few minutes and we're going to take like 15 minutes, a little less than 15 minutes. So it's not going to be everybody. But I wonder if we could just take some time to praise the name of God, to lift up his name and to exalt him for who he is, to praise his mighty acts, to praise his wondrous works. And however God is working in your life, maybe you're sitting here today and you have something that you can praise him for. I think that we all do. And if you'd be willing to just come and to share it, it will glorify him, his name, and it will minister to the hearts of everybody who's here. And ultimately, it will build the relationships that God desires in a way that will lead to spiritual growth. And so, uh, there's two microphones that are up here. Um, I know that that can be a little bit um, intimidating for people, but we want everybody to be able to hear, and we don't want people to just look at the back of your heads. <laughs> so if you could come up um, and use the mic, and I, we'll just see how many people we can get through in about 15, 10 or 15 minutes here. Um, but what is God doing? How would you like to praise the Lord this morning? I've had some uh, big tribulations in my life in the last two years, and um, I've let God into my life, and he's helped me overcome a lot of the issues that I have. And um, I think it reflects in a lot of my behavior. But as Pastor Dan said, sometimes it's for my glory meaning that I have been helped, and then now it's like, see how good I am? Where 
um, it's, it's about me. And sometimes I see others in relationships and I help them, whether it's at work or personally. And I get in my own way. So this, hearing this, makes me realize that it's not always about me. And even though it is about me, because sometimes you have to take care of yourself to give, when I'm disappointed with myself, instead of giving it to God and glory, I internalize and become the problem. So it's like a vicious cycle for me because we all are selfish, I mean, in one way or another. And I think that's how we're designed, and that's why it's difficult to, you know, turn it over, you know, even sometimes share it with people who understand how, you know, I am, because it's, it's difficult, uh, because, you know, sometimes your actions will display one thing when you're thinking another, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process. It's, for me, it's never solved. So, um, well, I appreciate all of you and, and God and, and your, the word that you've said today, because um, I am fallible, and I'm striving to be better. So anyway, thank you. That's... Amen. Amen. Thank you for Thank sharing. You. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us can really relate. Amen. At least I can. I really appreciate you putting words to that. Anybody else? How can we praise the Lord? We, we have these mics down here as well, if that's a little bit easier. Whatever's convenient for you. Mic check says Mike. <laughs> Dan, you reminded me of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your help and heart and lean not on your own understanding. I've told a few people that uh, you might have heard the phrase that I ended my story with. It's the father tying up loose ends. I was a widower a couple of years. Do I move back out west to be with my kids, my side of the family? Nothing was opening up out there for steady work. And uh, he had someone else, something else in mind. I've grown a whole lot deeper. Um, lean not on your own standing. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Okay. It's the father tying up loose ends. Yeah, appreciate that, Mike. And I think Mike, Mike has an interesting story where God actually brought somebody else into his life, right? Your wife that is, you know, been one of the main ways that God is bringing growth into your life through relationship. That's good. I don't know who's next here. Go ahead, Cindy. Yeah. Tower. Um... I just want to thank you for sharing this series with us because 
It's allowed me to see God better and also to get to know you better, which has been a real joy, and I, I just want to thank you. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Um, true spirituality begins with our accurate picture of um, who God is. We need to keep asking ourselves, how do I view God? And um, to me, that was very important. God's desire is for me and for all of us is to make, make, uh, make us like his son. And um, that's a lifelong practice for, for me and for all of us. And true spirituality is based on the principles of relationships with him and our relationships with others. And I think to be a strong church, we need to make those relationships stronger. And we need to have a faith response uh, to what God has been doing in our lives. The only way to realize this is, is reading scripture and remembering what he's done for me and for you. And um, Romans 12 tells us, by the mercies of God, we are to present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is our spiritual service of worship, not being conformed to this world. And that may be the hardest part, not conforming to the world as it is yeah. now. Yeah, that's good. It's powerful, Cindy. Thank you. Praise the Lord. everyone. My name is James Schuchel. Um, I recently was faced with a situation where I really desired God's will on something. And I remember from the leadership class that Dan had, right, that part of being able to hear God's voice, right, is there can't be sin present. And um, at that time in my life, there was really an ignored sin that brought me a worldly comfort. And so I was leaning into that instead of trusting in God's provisions and um, desiring God's will more. Um, he called me to really surrender to him and to close that door and um, to put my trust in him. Um, and that really put me in a position, right, from a worldly perspective where like selflessly or selfishly I was, I was helpless in that situation. And um, that put me in a position where I was completely desperate for his, not only provisions, but his, his will and understanding where he wanted me to go next. And um, in me surrendering to him, he just opened up a door and just gave me the complete assurance and putting his name really just all over everything. And that's really what I was seeking was just not wanting to fall trapped to you know, the enemy and wanting to really understand that this is, this is for him. And so he really just put his name all over everything. And, and he really just showed me how actively involved and in tune he is in every single minor detail in my life. And just really showed me how much he loves me. And he gave me just the confidence in a, a relationship with him. Because I knew when I surrendered to him and I gave you know, I confessed my sin and I turned to him. I knew that at that point there was nothing interfering in our relationship where I couldn't be as close to him as I wanted to be. And uh, he just 
reminded me, and it's this, you know, this isn't the first time, just how his ways are just so much better. And it's really just the best. And the door that he opens, I mean, it not only are just the fruits present, right? You know, like where I get this overwhelming peace and joy where I had this total conflict before, but this worldly comfort that was really just a lie because it was mental warfare. And he just, like, not only produces the fruit and gives me that experience, but he also just blesses me on a, in a worldly aspect and providing for me completely. And through this, he's really just given me, like, um, a desire to grow with him, to be with him, to stay with him, um, to stay on the vine. And he's given me just... Um, um, a desperation for him um, and just really humbled me and, and just dignified me in knowing that I completely need him, right? Taking every thought captive to Christ. And through this, it's, he's gotten me excited about welcoming trials as friends, which was something <laughs> I scoffed at. I'm so conflict averse and I'm like, I hate discomfort. And there's just such a correlation with my comfort and my closeness with him and his will. And the more uncomfortable I am, right, like this kind of stuff, like the, the more I am walking according to his will, like at least in my experience. And so he has just graciously just been there for me and provided for me and just shows me the way constantly, right? And it's just so humbling because it's, it's not me, Right, like, and I can't overemphasize this enough that, like, it has nothing to do with me. I make a choice to surrender, right? There's my free will. But the ultimate reason why I even desire him and why I desire his will and why I want to surrender to him and why I have this disgust for this existing sin in my life is because it's Christ that lives in me. And he's he just cleaning house, you know? It's like spring cleaning all the time. And it just benefits every it just benefits everybody else, you know? And so it's really not from a self selfish place that I'm I'm I wanna do this. It's really from a selfish place that like when I'm with him, like I know that there's just a peace there. And so uh, God has just used you in this in this in so many, so many ways that I don't want to tie up like the whole like all this time, but uh, I could just speak to it so many, I mean, there's been so many sermons where it's just, that's what was going on that week or that day, and then boom, there's the answer. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Love it, love it. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, we praise the Lord. We know that's all the Holy Spirit, right? So we just are thankful for him. Maybe a couple more, Leon and Scott, you can, Leon, will you want to go first? And then Scott, do you want to wrap us up? We'll do two more, and then we'll, we'll close things. Well, I just had another opportunity uh, I, uh, to uh, have a reflection by Dan. Of uh, I think I'm the poster boy of trying to do all these different things and, uh, on my own and just try to fabricate a uh, judgment and so on and so forth from my own little particular perspective. But I'd like to share a story today about the fact that when you're just absolutely, totally unconscious and you're not in your own mind, and God is always present, 
whether you're thinking about it and you have this vertical relationship or you want to try a horizontal relationship, it doesn't matter, he is there. And I have a friend in um, Mobile, Alabama. We uh, have talked, oh, a couple times a week. And, um, and uh, the last time I had talked with him was about a week ago. And he had a, um, he said he was just not feeling well for the, you know, a, a good period of time. And, uh, and he was out of breath and so on and so forth. Well, then... Um, I'll tell you how God does this, how he does things. Uh, in my mind, I am admonishing him to go to the emergency room. And I told him that I would take my foot and do something to a part of his backside humanity <laughs> if he didn't go. And um, it was just a conversation between two men that cared for each other, and uh, that was it. I didn't have any idea what was going on or what he had or he didn't know either. So he takes his advice, goes to the hospital, uh, goes to the emergency room. I told him, you don't have to be in a car accident to go to the emergency room. It's kind of like a walk-in clinic as far as I'm concerned, but that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. He actually did that. He stopped in the middle of his day, went over to the emergency room, found out that he had one artery that was 100% um, blocked, two arteries that were 90% blocked, and one artery was 40% blocked. And three days ago, he had um, a quadruple bypass surgery. Now, this is just two friends, two guys. I'm thinking that I'm going to just said, give him some advice and all that kind of stuff, but it was really God that's leading me. There's no question about it. And why at that particular time? He goes in and he's, uh, he, he gave me a call this morning, actually. So he's doing great. He's walking around. He's doing all these kinds of things. But the, uh, he wanted to thank me throughout this process. And I said, Jay, you know better than that, you know, that God just really did his thing. And uh, so I want to uh, just point out the fact of this unconsciousness that you don't have to be in your mind. And when God actually does something, then give him the credit. If you have to boast, boast about the Lord. Amen. And it certainly didn't have anything to do with us or relationships or anything that you want to kind of conjure up. It was just that God was always present. And, you know, we're characterized as the two goofballs, you know. We're just uh, there like Mr. Magoo walking around the place, you know. But we love each other and we take care of each other and all that kind of stuff. And God just... In the Psalms, he says, he reaches down in the mire, he heard our cry, and he lifted up our feet and put it on solid ground. Amen. And that's what he did for my friend. That's what he has always done for me. And I know he will do that for anybody because that's what he told us that he would do. Amen. All right. All right. Yeah. Time for one more, and then uh, we'll, 
we'll go from there. Yeah, go ahead, Scott. Uh, I'll try to be brief, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad I didn't have to directly follow James because <laughs> the work of the Lord in his life is a beautiful thing. All right, now you got to be doing it. Stop that. Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, I... Uh, you know, I've been really in a in kind of a funk spiritually for about a year, and you know, I know in my head, First Timothy four eight, uh, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So I knew it, but you know, I'd kind of fallen out of knowing it, and uh, you know, I'm thankful for God's work uh, in this church. The emphasis on relationship is a beautiful thing while not compromising on the truth. I'm also glad for the leadership class because uh, it helped me reestablish some disciplines I was missing. Um, you know, it's not just about checking a box of reading the Bible every day or praying, although ironically enough, we do actually have to check a box. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, has really reestablished a good relationship with the Lord for me and a level of enthusiasm I was missing. And i just leave you really quickly with, I think what kind of sums it up for me, uh, uh, Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. And it reads, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Do it. I, don't, I don't want to quote you the Holy Spirit. Can you do it in like a minute, Reese? All right, yeah. All right, here we go. Last one. Yeah. I decided to do this at the last minute. In fact, I got some uh, encouragement from Jim out there. Um, but, and we've heard these things, but I, I think one thing that uh, allows us to glorify God, and we do it in different ways, but for me, when my wife and I were saved, um, not through our, it, through God, um, our, our activities have been focused on community service and serving others. And that's really where we've been brought to um, glorify God by serving others with other Christians. And people who know us, People in my firm know that I am doing this, and they know that I'm a Christian, and they know that's why I'm doing it. And God's, for some reason, he works differently in all of us, and that's how he's working with us. And we spent a lot of time at it. And over the years, he keeps presenting us with different opportunities. And it's a, kind of amazing to think about it, that God would be using us like that. It's kind of exciting to wonder what the next opportunity will be. And the most current opportunity, and that's why I'm getting up here, is to plug this, uh, st uh, the um, visitation ministry, which is a new ministry at the church. My wife and I have joined it along with others. And the purpose is to serve others. And within the church body, and eventually, hopefully, broaden out from there, but <laughs> to come alongside people who are lonely, uh, going through some trial, and we can come alongside them without any intention of solving their problems, but to just be a physical presence to show them that there's somebody who cares about them. And 
we are going to take the laboring oar, but it's an obligation for all of us to take care of those who are in need within the church. And we'll do the heavy lifting, but we need people to keep us in mind, know that we exist, and know that we're there to come alongside these people, people that you know uh, that we won't know. And we know some, and we've come alongside of them, and we're working towards that end. But <clears throat> that's where God has uh, given us the opportunity to glorify him by serving him in that way. And <clears throat> I mean, it really takes a lot of our time, and we enjoy it, and we look forward to uh, every opportunity that we know he's going to give us. So, um, you know, it's not <clears throat> just uh, reveling in our, our, uh, in our relationship with God is uh, reaching out to others and having that relationship with others. So that's what we're doing here, and some of us are in the Stephen, or <laughs> I say Stephen ministry because that's where I started, but we're in this uh, visitation ministry, and we uh, invite anybody to join it, and we invite everybody to keep us in mind and keep others in mind, and we'll, we're there to serve them. Thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, I'm thankful for Reese and his leadership in that ministry, and uh, such an important uh, relational backbone of who we are as a church. Amen. So I thank you for sharing. Uh, probably others, I would hope and think that others would probably be able to share too. Um, we're obviously... Uh, at the end here. So let me just sort of wrap up uh, these thoughts. I, I think here's the thing is one of the things that we would say uh, is that we need to take personal responsibility for our own spiritual growth and our own spiritual health and our own spiritual development. It's a responsibility that we have as believers and it begins with testifying to the goodness of God. And so what you'll discover, I think, is a God who is compassionate, who's understanding, who's holy, who will cleanse, who will forgive, who will pick you up, and who will renew your mind. He will often use the community of people that you're doing life with to help you do, and do this and will help you on the spiritual journey. Now, when you think about the word biology, right? It's the study of life. And so really, true spirituality is about life. And so when you think about that, uh, that idea, right? Biology, bio means life. And there are three values or three prepositions, if you will, that bring life into our spiritual walk. And so I just want to leave you with this. Um, the first preposition is before, that we are called to come before God daily, uh, to put his word in our lives, in our minds, uh, make a decision to read the Bible consistently. And notice, you know, this can be a box to check, but we don't read the Bible to check a box. We read the Bible because it helps us grow in our relationship with the Lord, and it helps us to get closer to Him, to surrender where it needs to be surrendered, to separate where there needs to be separation. The second preposition is in. Do life in community. There's a lot of demands in life. Youth, uh, have sports, uh, business trips, uh, family things, holidays, housework, yard work, ministries, PTAs, the list goes on and on and on. And you and I cannot do these things alone. 
but God has called us and invited us to do life in community. And then lastly is the preposition on. So bio is before, in, and on. Live on mission uh, 24-7, every day, everywhere, with everyone. We are on mission. We are ambassadors for Christ. And people do not care what we do. They care about how we treat them. And uh, you don't have to wait uh, around to do those things. There's things like the visitation ministry. There's a lot of different ways that you can get out and get involved and connect with your family, in your neighborhoods, in your workplace, with your friends. That's where real relational ministry happens. And that's where spiritual growth is not going to just happen inside a church on a Sunday morning. It's going to happen when we take these things and go out into the world and start living them out relationally. And so that's my encouragement for myself, first and foremost, but for all of us. Uh, We want to live before God. We want to do life in community. We want to live on mission. We actually represent the God of the universe. We are his PR agent, right? People are more interested, or sorry, less interested in all the tasks that we complete in all the ministries and events that we participate in, and they're more interested in relationships that we have and how we have been transformed. And I think that God needs Romans 12 Christians, that Riverside Community Church needs a Romans 12 community, and that St. Charles and beyond needs a Romans 12 witness. And so... uh, I hope and just let that be an encouragement to each of you. Thanks for being generous with your time this morning. Let me pray, and then we'll close in a song. Father, God, we just thank you so much for who you are. And so, God, at the close of this time and this service, God, we simply want to glorify your name. And, God, there's a lot of specific things that we've been thinking about and talking about in these last several weeks as we've looked through Romans 12. But at the end of the day, God, we want to acknowledge who you are. God, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. God, that you sent your son to die on the cross for us, that he is our savior and redeemer, and that in Christ we have forgiveness, that we have healing and we have redemption. God, we thank you that in Jesus' name that we can experience the fullness of who you are. God, that we can experience true joy and hope and peace and love. And God, we ask that you would transform our minds, that you would transform our bodies, that you would transform our lives to be uh, acts of spiritual worship for you. And God, that our relationships would testify to the goodness of God, that they would bear witness to your justice and to your grace. And God, that your gospel would be at the tip of our tongue. And God, that you would just change the world around us is we simply love you and love others well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.